Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. As an empowerment consultant, author, and international speaker, it is my heart's desire to help you define and refine your best self. Ditch the senseless hustle you deal with, find your focus, and ultimately build a life you are fired up to live out loud on purpose and on your own terms. Lioness, put your seatbelt on if you dare. Get ready to fill your soul tank with weekly affirmations, take your life to 11 with each thought-provoking moment, and spark that beautiful flame of inspiration by listening to the Moxie Chats with magnificent women sharing their signature sass, Moxie, and fire. Are you ready to open, ignite, and nurture your mind, heart, and soul? Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. Hello, hello, it's Friday and it's a Moxie Chat day and all of you, my dearest friends, know how much I love Moxie Chat Fridays and I have the most divine human with me today. I am super excited to introduce you all to Louisa Garrett. So Louisa is the architect behind the movements Make Kind Loud and Pass the love. So you know we are in for a good conversation today. These movements were actually born from her own frustration with the world, the politics, the negativity, the hatred towards others. So Louisa examined her own story to discover things she didn't like and made a conscious decision to change the way she was showing up in the world. Can I hear an amen? Go be the change you wish to see in the world is what Louisa is doing. She speaks to corporations, groups, schools, and challenges them to find ways to make kind loud. She hosts weekly online conversations. We'll be sure to link you to those and interviews the heroes among us who are making the world better in their own kind ways. Now, Louisa and I met through a mutual lioness, Mia Voss, and I asked Mia for a few words that describe, or that she would use to describe Louisa. And her words were effusive, loving, and a change maker. So welcome, 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 Louisa. (laughs) Thank you, hello, I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this since you asked and I was like yes (laughs) yes you did you gave a big fat yes 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 and you are you are making some big waves on this planet and I am so excited for the community the fire community and those communities that are ripple affected from what we do here to learn about what is what's on your heart right now what is setting your soul on fire Louisa You know, I believe that we all are here for a reason. We all have a purpose and we all have gifts. So what is on my heart, what is setting my soul on fire is the fact that uh, I believe that my purpose in this world is to spread as much love, joy, and kindness as possible for as long as I'm here. Because, you know, that dash, our dash is so short. And so if we can figure out what that purpose is, so that we can um, run and go fast 
<laughs> with it, then that is what, you know, motivates me. And that's what, that's what gets me out of the bed every day. You know, some days I'm not feeling my kindest self. Some <laughs> days I'm just like, there's, there's so much in the world, right? But then I remember why I'm here. And then I say, well, if I don't get up and if I don't go out there and, and be as loud as possible while I can, yes. then what's the point? And so that's what's on my heart right now. And that's what, you know, sets my soul on fire. Amen. Well, you know, Louisa, you and I have had lots of interactions in the chat stream on Mia's Friday with Frenchies or it used to be drinks with the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> many yes. things over the years. Uh, but this is our first like really intimate conversation. And what I, what I love and I know the community is feeling right now is we are kindred soul sisters in this, uh, yes. helping humans understand and uncover their purpose is so incredibly important. I feel like so much of the uh, comparison issues, the competition issues, the, the negative, uh, even the depression that we experience on so many levels here is related to the fact that we really don't know who we are. And so yeah. everyone else's success, everyone else's movement or podcast or career move or, you know, ski chalet seems like it should be ours <laughs> because right. we have, we haven't defined what what makes us happy? What what makes us divinely individual here, right? And in a way that it's unifying and not separating us from everyone. Totally agree. I agree with that 100%. And there, I mean, there's enough space for all of us, right? There's enough space. And so for people to think that they have to have the whole basket to themselves, um, is untrue because there's there's enough space. There's, you know, to put it simply, how many singers are there in the world, right? But everybody has their own little different way of singing. But yet, that is their talent and that is their gift. And we all have that within us. And it's not about competition. It's about being our best. It's about sharing our gifts in the only way that we know how. You know, there are people who are doing, you know, the same thing that I'm doing, speaking about kindness, speaking about love, but they don't do it the way I do it. And I, they, I don't do it the way they do it, but there's just enough space for all of us yes. as long as we're doing what we are meant to do. All of the amens at once. You know, I often, <laughs> I often say, you know, I, I, I fancy myself like this combination between like Brene Brown and Elizabeth Lesser and Oprah yeah. and, you know, maybe a little, a little side of a few other amazing women who walk this planet. And yeah. if I, if I looked at all of them and said, well, well, their platform's bigger, so I should just hush, then those I'm meant to serve, right? Those you are meant to serve, Louisa, with the message of making kind loud would not hear it because yeah. not everybody, you know, Oprah and Brene and Elizabeth are not everyone's cup of tea. And right. I think we forget that. I think that because the world is so loud with so many voices, people lose their own. And it, yeah. It's really interesting and we can fall into an echo chamber, right? Where if we aren't finding our own voice, if we're not even like, if we're not Louisa-izing 
kind, if we're not Deborahizing Moxie, then how are we really truly living that divine and sacred contract that we have here? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, that that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. And we have to we have to honor that contract because that's why we are here. I mean, there's no mistakes in the world, right? There are no mistakes. Everyone is here for a reason. Yes. And it's, it's the part of that is honoring that reason. And, you know, it takes the work, though. You have to do the work because you might find that you learn and you learn your purpose, you learn your passion when you're three and you go for it. Yeah. But sometimes it comes later in life. But that does not mean that it's any less significant. That mm-hmm. even if you're 70 and you finally figure it out, then by golly, <laughs> Go Amen. for it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Preach it, preach it. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure our sister Mia would be uh, waving her flag in the air right now. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is so beautiful. And Louisa, I'd love to dig into what you said there, the permission to continue to seek what your purpose looks like in every season. You know, yeah. our our society is so youth focused. Like it's the 30 under 30, the 40 under 40. It's like somehow like that's the miracle is finding your purpose when you're in your 30s or 40s and oh dear, or, or 20s. I should say your 20s yeah. or your 30s. And that there's this pressure that if you haven't, oh, well, it's done. Yeah. You missed it. You missed yeah. your opportunity. So, so let's dig into, you know, in your bio, I read, you know, you examined your own story. For and sure, yeah. You discovered that there were things you didn't like about your own and how you were maybe walking your own purpose out loud. Yep. So what did that look like for you? What what did your self-discovery journey look like? <laughs> well, it, it wasn't pretty, but <laughs> it wasn't glamorous, right? And so I have 25 nieces and nephews, and I adore them, yes. I have 12 nieces and 13 nephews, and they are amazing. And so one of my nieces lived with me during her high school years, and we've all been teenagers. We are, some of us have teenagers, and they know that that period of time, um, (laughs) there's a lot of teenage angst. (laughs) Beautiful way of saying it. (laughs) Yes, there's a lot of teenage rebellion. There's a lot of... You know, they know everything at 15, right? Yes, <laughs> so, we all did. <laughs> yeah, of course. I went through it. And, you know, I, I understand it. But, like, when you're in it, uh, and kudos to parents out there, by the way. I don't have any kids personally, but I am in the lives of a lot of young people. Kudos to parents because that little time stretch where there is that teenage self-discovery, that's a lot. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. Yes. Grace on, grace on, grace on all of us. Right. Everyone in the community who's got teenagers. And right now, oh my gosh. Um, I can only imagine having them right now during the time that we're in. So yes, definitely lots and lots of grace, lots of sprinkling of of good stuff to them because they deserve it. And so I had this 15 year old niece who lived with me during her high school years. And so I would tell her, do your homework, clean the kitchen, you know, (laughs) do clean your room. And she would always say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. 
And I'm thinking, I don't care how I said it. Go do what I told you to do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. So prior to my kindness journey, I was super sarcastic. Now, I've been on this journey for about coming up on a decade now. But prior to that, super sarcastic. I always had something to say. I was locked and loaded at all times. I was locked and loaded for no reason. I was just ready to say something. <laughs> locked and loaded. Yes. <laughs> I know. I totally. I feel that in my bones, Louise. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that. So when I'm when I was telling her to do the things that I was telling her to do, I'm sure that I was, you know, not being very kind, or you know, I'm sure the words that were coming out of my mouth was like, "Hey, you." <laughs> I, I said, "Do it. Do it." Yeah. Right, and why are you talking back? Why are you telling me? I don't need to hear that. Just go do it, right? Oh, not that. So oh my God, I haven't heard yeah. that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure it was that like snappiness that had it to um, had the little bite behind it. And kudos to her for saying, "You will not talk to me this way." You know, she mm. didn't say those words, but the way she said it was, "It's not what you say; it's how you say it." Right. So she would say that almost every single time that I would tell her to do something. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. And we would argue, we would, that was just our thing. Like I would tell her something, she would say that, and then we would argue. <laughs> that was that was the role play, right? Right. Fast forward about a year later, someone said something to me that was completely off the wall. I have. Honestly, I do not remember what was said, but I do remember thinking to myself, why did you say it like that? Uh, and as soon as I thought, why did you say it like that? Her little voice popped in my head and said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So at that time, I had like 20 nieces and nephews or something. And so, again, they are the loves of my life. And I adore them from the one who's 37 to the one who was just born. He's a month old now. And <laughs> if I want them to be good humans, if I want them to be productive citizens of the world, if I want them to be kind beings, then I had to start modeling that behavior. Yeah. Because in truth, I was passing on the sarcastic gene. So, you know, we were all locked and loaded for no reason, right? And so I've, I'm creating these little uh, sarcastic beings when I could be pouring something different inside of them. Yeah. And so it took that. It took her saying that for a year consistently. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. For finally someone to say something crazy to me, and it clicked. And as soon as that clicked for me, I decided that I was going to be a kinder person. Now, please know that I did not wake up the next day and was like, okay, I'm kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Yeah, please, please know there was a journey. And the first couple of years, the first two years was so difficult because my default was sarcasm. And... 
it took me a minute, and I had to go through my mind. I had to tell myself, oh, you can't say that. No, you can't say that. You definitely can't say that. Like when, I, when I'm talking to people, and like I'm going down the list, and by like maybe the eighth point down, I was like, ah, you can say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is so good. Yeah, it was it was learning the pause and Ugh. to really think about what I'm saying, and and not only what I'm saying, but how I'm saying it. Because uh, I I don't consider, I don't think I was mean, but I was definitely very rude. And um, I was definitely, you know, I, I got off on the fact of being sarcastic. Yeah. And I no longer wanted to be that person because of my 25 nieces and nephews and the example that I wanted to leave for them. And then when I started working on myself, it, not, it no longer was about them. It was more about me and how I wanted to stand in this world, how I wanted to walk in this world. And the byproduct of that is that now they see an example of what um, kindness is or, you know, what I do or how I operate. They, can have, they have that example now yeah. of um, a kind being. I'm not saying that they don't have it in other areas, but for me personally, they have it for me. And I, and I, and I love that part of it. Well, there's so many, let's just be real. There's so many luscious layers I love about it. The, <laughs> the, the, the realization that our words matter is one that I feel in the last decade and really honestly in the last like 16 months has yeah. really become something that a, a lot of the women in my world have really started to pay attention to. Not that they weren't in some way, shape or form in the past. It's just simply even just questioning, why am I going to say that? Or yeah. where does that idiom come from? Or where does that saying over there, what does that mean? And, and really paying attention to where they come from, what, you know, what started it, what triggered it. Um, for instance, like I, I no longer use the word hysterical. I, mm. I simply won't use it because it was actually created to to keep women small when they would experience any kind of issue, medical issue. The wow. male doctors yeah. would say she's hysterical because she has a uterus. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. why yeah. am I using that? I'm not using it anymore. Right. <laughs> why am I using why am I using sarcasm? I'm using sarcasm as a crutch, right? And so how do I flip that inside my own dialogue? And this is so great. So everyone who is listening to this has their own, um, has their own sarcastic, right? Whatever their go-to way of kind of lashing out or filling in negative space, right? Filling in the quiet, we kind of get, you know, sometimes it's a shtick, right? Sometimes it's for laughs. And we don't, we're not doing it to lower the vibration. We're actually thinking, oh, this is going to higher the vibration. I'm going to get everybody. Right, right. Right. And that's kind of how, I mean, I didn't know you then, but I see that in you. Like you love to laugh. <laughs> you yes. love when people yes. laugh. I mean. I do. <laughs> you do. And, and you are funny. I mean, you are genuinely funny. And so I can see where, uh, you know, the sarcastic or snarky, that's another big one, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah. just snarky. It's like, well, how, how is that teaching the future generations? Um, I have a, a movie that I've been watching for the last 
I don't know, 30 years maybe. It's called Auntie Mame. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but there's... It's, yeah, I have. I love Auntie Mame. Yeah. And I'm also an Auntie Mame. I'm an auntie. I don't have um, babies of my own. And so my nieces and nephews and all of my god daughters and sons are, yeah. are, my, are my babies. And I love this idea of really thinking about I am the cool aunt, right? Like what I say sometimes and often much to the chagrin of the parents, right? It carries greater weight because we aren't that authority figure or the parent. We are that, um, that additional squad member, right? That, that is a bit, bit more cool, hopefully. And so I love that. So anyone who's listening, think about that, like write a list of those younger people that you are impacting and think about how you feed their souls when you're together. Yeah. Like yeah. how it's okay to be fun and, and lighthearted. However, think about if they were to repeat what you say in the way you say it, would mm. you give them an eye roll or not? <laughs> I think that's yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is a perfect way to say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'd love to dig into some of the the um, the, the moxie questions that, that this community loves to to learn about our sure. sisters, our wild women in our community, <laughs> uh, because I think that there's some some ways that our community can look at things like success and uh, soul tank time in in your answers here. So so let's talk about. When I asked you about success and you were sharing that it's about how you treat others and how you stand in the world, how do you, how do you translate that version of success? How do you tell if you're helping or hurting others in their success? What does that look like? Yeah. Well, for me, I'm very uh, empathic. So I, I, I feel things and uh, it's energy for me. And so I, I do believe, you know, money is great. I'm not downplaying that at all. Money is beautiful. Um, you know, having a, a beautiful title is, is beautiful. But it's uh, how you treat people, really. And that translates into, you know, what kind of um, source do you want to be? Do you want to be a person who is um, a well filler, who is filling people up with goodness, and love, or do you want to be a drain, right? Who is sucking the energy out of the room when you walk in? <laughs> Amen. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you can you can either fill it up or you can suck it out. <laughs> it's so true. The vampire archetype is a real thing. Energy vampires, vision vampires, like it, this is it's so true. And how ha- and I think you can see it. Would you agree that you can see yeah. those people? You're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> how do I back out of this conversation in this group? I mean, we've we actually haven't had to do that for 12 months, right? We actually haven't yeah. had to physically be in space. That's going to be very interesting. That is, that is. But you can also, like, maybe you don't sense it right away, but when you figure it out, oh, that's a vampire, that's a drain, then you have to protect your peace because that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. You don't want them to infiltrate your soul, <laughs> to, to infect you. Infiltrate in way, your right? soul. Oh, my gosh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, so you've got to protect yourself. 
And, um, but, you know, success, when you know that you've said something um, or done something that has been harmful to other people, hopefully, for me personally, like when I, even today, even 10 years deep into this kindness journey, believe me, I have my moments. I have my days where I am just like, oh, wow, why'd you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you're better than this, right? And so even in those moments where you find yourself um, hurting someone, you can not fix it, but you can acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and say, wow, I am so sorry for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Um, And letting them know that you recognize that you were being hurtful in that moment so that it doesn't linger. It's all about the communication. You know, if people Mm -hmm. just talk to each other, if people just listen, not only, okay, there's two sides, right? The talking and then the listening, because you have to listen and really hear what people are saying so that we can have that beautiful communication. Mm-hmm. Because I can talk all day, but if you're not listening and hearing me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the, you know, for most of us who went to church or Sunday school, whatever, we always heard the two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as often. (laughs) And when you think about that, like our divine creator gave us like a perfect representation, right? Correct. Of of how we are to communicate with one another. I think that's so beautiful. And we, I can't remember who it was, but I know like I have another community that that I love on called Woman Up that is really serves the real estate community and women who are rising to the top of their careers. And one of my fellow leaders in that group, her name's Leslie Appleton Young, she shares the story about there was a moment in her career when one of her mentors taught her the truth of listening. Because Mm. he was actually listening to her and she had never been listened to before. It was so overwhelming to her to actually be talking to someone and have him 100% focused on what she was saying, not thinking about what he was going to respond. And it was so stunning. She didn't actually know what was happening. She was like, what is that? Wow. What is going on? He's like, well, I'm, I'm listening to you. And she's waiting for him to like interrupt her, right? To speak over her or to interject into. And, and it was, it's such a profound visual, right? That when, when somebody is actually being listened to, they feel it. They yeah. feel it. And why not do that for others, right? Yeah, true. And you can feel it when you're not being listened to too right Mm. when Mm -hmm. you're just when you know that the person that you are supposed to be (laughs) conversing with who they're just whatever they're not even they're not even there they're physically there yeah but they're not there yeah it's so true and it's again a beautiful reminder that these are things that we can control these are ways that we can sprinkle our own version of kind on others it is kind to listen it is a beautiful way to be kind and it's it is fun to to jump in and have conversation however there is the appropriate time for that right Uh, and i think a lot of the conversations in the last year in particular around anti-racism and equality 
across the board, right? Diversity, equity, inclusion. We're hearing a lot about centering, right? We're hearing a lot about, so you're sharing a story with me. I'm like, oh yeah, I had that happen to me too, right? Where where we learned as women, we're supposed to find those commonalities because we're supposed to be friends with everyone. And so we were taught from a very young age to start thinking about what do I have in common with this person? How do I connect our red threads? Quick, 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 quick. And I think that we're all having to unlearn that now. We're having to unlearn. And it's okay to unlearn something. The growth is in the unlearning. Yeah, it is in the unlearning. Yes, amen. Hi there. Yep, you're listening to the Fire Up Podcast. We'll be right back to the show after this quick break. Are you ready to fire up your mindset and experience your best days and years yet? Sign up today and receive 52 moxie-filled affirmations to fire you up. Each Monday, one will magically appear in your inbox to try on for the week. Head on over to debratrapin.com slash moxieaffirmations and join the thousands of divine humans on the journey to confidently live their best lives out loud, on purpose, and on their own terms. Again, it's debratrapin.com slash moxieaffirmations. And now back to the show. So I love your three words, Louisa, and I love them so much. You chose hilarious hopeful and empathetic. And as I mentioned earlier, when I messaged Mia and said, Hey, when you're getting ready to introduce Louisa, like what are words you use? And hers were effusive, loving, and change maker. That these words are, they're, they're coming through in everything you share today. So let's start with hilarious. Why did you choose the word hilarious to describe yourself? Well, I think I'm hilarious. I think I'm funny. I think <laughs> other people may not think so, but I think I am one of the funniest people. <laughs> oh, listen to you. You're cracking your own self up. <laughs> and this is all the time. I could be in a room and just think of something and start laughing. And people might think I am just out there. It doesn't matter because what I just saw in my head and I've played different things, different scenarios in my head all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I love <laughs> I love to laugh and I love to uh, make other people laugh and I love just to be joyful together. And if I can bring some humor to a situation, then I, I, I just love doing that. <laughs> it's so fun. It reminds me of Mary Poppins. Remember, I love to laugh. Oh, oh. Like that whole scene where they're all flying around upside down. It's so, you know, and, and we hear time and time again, like we love to talk about self-talk and affirmations in this community and, and finding ways that we intentionally and purposefully pay attention to those words in this beautiful, brilliant brain we all carry around, right? Because we know that up to 90% of our 80% repetitive self-talk is negative if we don't control it, right? And and I I love this idea of you walking this planet cracking yourself up with your own self-talk like you are a hero in this this is such a beautiful I, I mean <laughs> I'm sure many would agree with me who wouldn't want to walk around cracking up at what we're our self-talk 
versus yeah. like being held back or pushed down by, oh, there's another wrinkle, another roll, another whatever, you know, whatever that <laughs> that snotty little voice in our head can start saying. So I love that. I'm going to look for, for my self-talk that cracks me up. I'm going to look for yeah. that and I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to write it down. You have inspired me. <laughs> Thank you. And laugh out loud because, you know, people giggle or what. No, let it out. Don't, don't suppress the laughter. <laughs> <laughs> don't suppress the laughter. I love it. Let it out. Guffaw. Like I think of the word yeah. guffaw, right? Chortle. Guffaw. Right. Like, these yeah. fun words. I love it. I love it. Okay. So the second word that you used um, to describe yourself was hopeful. I have not heard this word used to describe oneself on the show. I've done a couple hundred of these. So um, I, I love that you used hopeful. What inspired you to describe yourself as hopeful? When the whole pandemic happened and, and it's still happening and um, George Floyd um, mm -hmm. and then the conversations that were happening, the number one, you know, being a black person, I had a lot of my white friends reach out and they were like, well, do, do you think things are going to change this time around? <clears throat> and my answer was always, I'm hopeful that it will. Mm -hmm. Because when a situation happens, there's always the first two weeks of everyone's like, what can I do? Uh, let's reach out. Let's, let's be active. Let's get out there and do something, right? Right. Always. The first two weeks. And then after that, then what? Yeah. How do we move forward? Right. And people say, well, they're going to change this time. And my answer is I'm hopeful that they will. And it feels a little different this time, but I don't know for sure. But I believe in the goodness of humanity. Mm. And I believe that we want to help more than we want to hurt. Yeah. And so if we all just decided, you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet, right? And let's just say not even all 7 billion of us. Let's say a third of that. If a third of the people decided to be better, to just be a little, not even a lot kind, just a little bit kinder, what would shift the energy in this world? What kind of vibration mm -hmm. would we have if a third of the people in the world were just this much kinder? Yeah. And so that's what I'm hopeful for, because I, I there's so much good in this world yes. and people are doing good things all of the time, mm -hmm. all of the time. But all we hear about is the crap. Mm -hmm. All we hear about is the negativity, because that is, you know, people shout that from the rooftops. And I want it to be normal for people to shout about the kind things that are happening in the world. It's not boastful. It's not bragging. It's not being braggadocious about anything. It's just sharing so that people are aware and then they can go out and say, wow, I see Louisa. I see Deborah doing amazing things. I too can do amazing things. Yes. But if we never talk about it and if we never um, act upon it, then we will stay exactly where we are. So I'm hopeful that humanity rises up and not only for two weeks, but it rises up and it stays up. That's what I'm hopeful about. I love that. And I'd be interested to hear if you feel like 
because of what happened during the pandemic, because of Breonna Taylor, because yeah. of George Floyd, these horrific situations that happened while everyone was sitting at home, right? Exactly. Like, I feel like there is divine timing in everything if we're paying yeah. attention. And so do you feel like those ripple effects are different than other situations that have happened outside of a pandemic? So say five years ago, six years ago, two years ago. For sure, for sure. And for the very reason why you said is because we didn't have anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. There were no distractions. You right. know, most people were not working, right? Um, and so there were no distractions. We only had to, we had to deal with it face on because we didn't have anything else to block out. And I think that's where um, a lot of, I call it the great awakening. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. The great awakening. <laughs> yes, the great awakening. But, you know, this has been happening um, forever. And, you know, and it continues to happen today. However, I do think it's going to be a little bit different because people cannot say that they didn't know. That's right. Because now you do know yes. because there weren't any distractions and it's right here. So that excuse of I had no idea, and I'm not saying that they didn't have an idea. I'm not saying that at all. Maybe they didn't. Maybe because they were so tunnel focused and they were so in their own world that it didn't matter what was happening outside of there. Now, you don't have the excuse or the luxury of saying, oh, wow, I didn't know that was going on. Yeah. Because you do know. And yeah. now that you know, what next? What are you going to do? And one of my favorite quotes about um, by Maya Angelou is she gets misquoted on this all the time. People usually say, when you know better, you do better. That's not true. The quote is, do the best that you can until you know better. Yes. And then when you know better do better but it's it's the action part right because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who know better mm -hmm. but still choose not to do better yeah it's that action part and we have to take action in actively doing better and again if we all just did a little bit better yeah. that would be an amazing an amazing world to live in I completely agree. Well, and, and from from the other side of that conversation, from the other side of um, the when when I know better, uh, when I learn more about something that it is my duty to actually act on that. I think that we've been raising up in this season a lot of armchair activists. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. I love I love that. I think that people, it's a great place for them to get comfortable speaking the truth, right? Yeah. Because there are plenty of people who will never, ever march anywhere. They won't wear any kind of hats. They won't carry flags or signs. It is not their archetype. It is not who they are. However, they have influence and they have reach and they have a voice. And there was always, at least for me, because I am one of those, I'm not a marcher. However, I am a gatherer of people. I am a woman who prides herself in firing people up into speaking their truth. And it's been so beautiful to see so many people think, well, I'm, 
I'm going to try saying something. And then all of a sudden they, they have this revelation that so many of their connections feel the same way. And they're starting to create their own small platform, their own small spaces where they can gather and have conversation about how to make the world a better place in their space. And there is power in that. It doesn't always have to be a million people marching. It can be three women getting together and dropping off food in their neighborhoods or, you know, writing to their school councils and their their local districts. And and so I think that um, our next phase really is going to be about helping them raise awareness about what they're doing. Right. Not keeping it in the armchair, but finding other ways for them to bring it to the to the boardroom. Right. Leadership tables, places where there's money to your point. Right. Money helps us serve at a higher level in so many ways. I love that so much. Okay, before we talk about your third word, I I don't want to move past the share the story on make kind loud. And I think that it's so perfectly placed when we're talking about being hopeful and well and being hilarious but but being hopeful (laughs) and that on the site it says make kind loud is a transformational movement that works to spread kindness and inspire everyone to be bold to be brave to stand tall and to shine bright because we belong to each other that statement that we belong to each other is something we all need to get that right we all need to understand that we're one like we there is no us versus them like we are the human race there are multiple races here we're beautiful ethnically diverse race of people yes and And that is, I love that you really highlight that. And even when I asked you, like, what is one of your favorite things to say that you're known for? It's this, we belong to each other. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I mean, I, I believe that to my core and we do belong to each other. And if, if we're hurting each other, we're hurting ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Why why would you want to hurt yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that leads so beautifully into that third word that you chose for yourself, which is empathetic, right? This empathy, and I don't know if you you fancy yourself or you call yourself an empath, uh, but this, this feeling, not only your feelings deep and inside the core of who you are, into your bones, but also truly being affected, by the feelings, the energy, the vibration around you. And I know that when when you shared empathetic, it was around this feeling everything so deeply. And like, what does that mean to you? What what does it mean when somebody, as I know we have a lot of, we we have a lot of empaths on the show. There's just, we all kind of come together to fill each other's soul (laughs) tanks here, right? Because we're out there doing this soulful work. And that means that our soul tank is, is being drained rightfully so, so that we can come back and fill it up and go back out there and whoop, whoop. So when you say you feel everything so deeply, what is, what does that mean? there's all like even right now there's so much going on in the in the universe 
Mm-hmm. And when I say I feel it so deeply, it's like it, it knocks me down. And sometimes I have to be under the covers uh, for a couple of days mm-hmm. because there, it's so heavy yeah. and there's so much, like, the energy that people bring, like you're responsible for your own energy that you bring to the room, right? Yeah. And so when people come in with that energy, it takes a little bit of part of me. Yeah. And it took me a while to understand because I, I have always been, you know, people maybe consider me sensitive. I'll cry at the drop of a hat. <laughs> I'm feeling all the feelings, right? And it's, it's I, once I learned that it's okay to feel all of those feelings. I also had to learn how to protect myself so that I wasn't, you know, under the covers all of the time. Yeah. And I just want people to know that, you know, they don't have to carry all of that with them all of the time because there are people like you and I and the other people in this community who are put on this earth to help with that energy to help with those emotions because if if I allow it, I can soak up all of the negative energy that you're feeling yeah. to lighten your load a little bit. Yeah. But I also have to learn how to do that without taking myself out. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, but some days it's, it is like when, when stuff happens in the world, when big tragedies happen, when people are murdered, when kids are kidnapped you know all of that some days it's just like i need to just hide for a second because this is too much yeah it's too heavy and i liken myself i don't know if you've seen the movie the green mile Mm. but john coffee says it's the best he said it's too much there's too much pain out there there's too much craziness out there and this is right before and i hope this doesn't go to a dark place and please know that i i'm not i don't have any of these thoughts but (laughs) Just to clarify, but this was right before he was executed, and the uh, Tom Hanks was like, "I can let you go. I can, you know, let you be free, and you you don't have to do this." And he's like, "No, it's too much," because he was feeling everything, and he could sense all of that, right? Yes. And so, but it's it's how do you feel it? Yeah. Process it, and then how do you help with all those feelings? Yes. And I have I have learned that. People sometimes just need you to sit there, not say a word. Yeah. People sometimes just need you to acknowledge that you've heard them. And, you know, even a quick text of checking up on people, you know, that is huge. That is huge. And if more people would just say, hey, thinking about you, you good. Yeah. And then if they say no, pick up the phone and say, what can I do? What's going on? Right. And not just, you know how people are like, how are you? And the answer is usually good and they keep walking. Mm-hmm. Or fine. You know, or fine, or you know, fine. and they just keep it going. No, let's let's dig a little deeper. And um, so, yeah, I, I feel it all. And I just want, I want us to be better humans. And we can be better humans. But sometimes it's, it's having to dig through those emotions, right? And that's mm-hmm. the work. And I, and I understand not wanting to do that work because it can be a lot and it can be painful, mm. but beauty comes on the, the other side, right? Yes. Beauty comes on the other side, but you got to walk through it. It's not about getting around it. It's not about getting over it. Mm. It literally is about going through it. 
so true. You know, I I can't remember where it was when I, I wrote it down, but whenever anybody says fine, I always think they're actually saying I'm feeling inadequate and I need encouragement. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. And so when when someone says fine, I think, they're feeling inadequate or insecure or whatever, and they need improvement. That's what fine is. And I always think when I'm getting ready to say fine, I'm like, oh, oh, am I doing it? Like, do I need encouragement? I think I might. And then it it helps me like actually say what I need as opposed to using the acronym. Um, But I'm an I love, I'm nuts for acronyms. I love them. They're, they're such a great way to remember things. So much goodness in what you're sharing here. And it is, again, woven in to make kind loud. And so for those of you who are thinking, how do I get involved with that? Like make kindloud.com. It's <laughs> so easy. And there's, I mean, I know you've got swag there. There's, there's apparel and quotes and ways to buy your books. Um, and I know that you, I, I saw you mention it a couple of times on Fridays with the Frenchie and that is you've got a new children's book coming out. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm working on it. It's out. I'm actually almost done with it, and it hopefully will be out um, by the end of the year. Well, it, it will be out by the end of the year. And it's kindness is a superpower. Kindness is a superpower. And if we can um, get the kiddos when they're young yeah, and to let them know that, you know, being kind is a cool thing to be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> then... I'm all about the babies, right? And I, I'm all about getting them to just keep that beautiful, inquisitive humanity that everyone is born with. And we kind of allow ourselves to grow out of it because of whatever is happening in our universe. Yeah. But babies have it. Yes. Kids have it. Yes. And if we can keep them with it and have them maintain it mm. as they get older... Oh my goodness, this would be utopia, seriously. So true. And so it's just letting, yeah, just letting them know that kindness is a superpower and to use their superpower for good. I love it. I need to get you connected to my girlfriend, Amita Jane. She actually is uh, the CEO of a company called Readability. And they do this. Okay. Um, they do a lot of things around kids and reading. And, and so I, I have a feeling there might be a little something, something in there for you. At the very least, for those 25 nieces and nephews, <laughs> like there might be something cool in yeah. there. Um, so before we close, I would love to do a bit of rapid fire if you're game. Okay, I'm ready. And, I've been waiting for this. And we're going to end on what Moxie means to you, so just be prepared. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, what is on your nightstand? Water, books, and lotion. <laughs> Ooh, water, books, and lotion. I love it. All right. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Mm. Dark or milk chocolate? Milk chocolate. <laughs> what was your first concert? Whitney Houston, 1999, Boston. <gasps> oh, <laughs> Wayne. Oh, my gosh. That must have been amazing. It was. What is your superpower? 
I would say kindness and the ability, humor, humor. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, who would play you in the movie of your life? I either want Viola Davis or um, Kerry Washington. We're going to go with Kerry Washington. Mm. Yes. 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 Washington. yes. Let's get <laughs> Kerry to do it. I agree. Oh, my gosh. She is she is divine, and she would, she would do your life justice. Um, Thank you. She's amazing. I know. I mean, I just love watching her mouth talk. Is that weird? I mean, I don't know what it is, but I literally just love watching her mouth talk. It's the craziest thing. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. And let's bring it home with, all right, Louisa, what does moxie mean to you? It just means to go out there and get it, right? It is just being your bold self without apology because you are you and we need all of you. So go out there and be bold about you and live out loud, laugh out loud, and make kind loud. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my goodness. This this conversation, I feel lighter. I feel oh. joyful. I feel ready to take on the rest of my day and to float with kindness into my weekend. Not only here in my mind, but in my actions. And I will be paying attention to that and honoring Make Kind Loud from this day forward. Mm. So much. I loved it all. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You bet. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us live. For those of you listening on the podcast, you know we love to keep connected with you. So make sure you connect with Louisa. MakeKindLoud.com is a great place to get in touch with her. I'll also, of course, share her Instagram and her Twitter and her Facebook links. Uh, if you've got questions or any other things that you are that were just inspired and you want to reach out to us, leave it in the blog notes, reach out to us on any of those social media channels, and we will keep the conversation going. Before we go, I realize there's one more question I have. Okay. What is soul candy and why is it in your bio? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I almost forgot. You call yourself Soul Candy. What does that mean? So let me tell you, I'm in several different chats, right? And so I'm in this new chat with a group of amazing women. And uh, one of the ladies messaged me and said, you are Soul Candy. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> what, what does that mean? And she's like, you're just candy for the soul. And I said, I am going to use that yes. in my bio. <laughs> I love it. And it's specifically when others speak those words over us, there is a power and a fire yeah. that ignites, right? And and yeah. I think that's such, it's a beautiful reason why you infuse it into your bio. And another reminder as we go into our days to speak kindness over each other, honor and yeah. join Louisa, link arms with Louisa and this entire community and make kind loud, everyone. We will see you soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care, everyone. Bye. 
Thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass, moxie, and fire. Want more information on what we talked about today? You'll find the show notes and links over on my website, debratraben.com. Search the podcast title and voila! If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe, click those stars to rate me, and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please, share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world.